All right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number two fifty two. I'm your host Vince. Over there is your host Phil. Hey, there he is. In this episode, we are talking about Weird, the Al Yankovic story. But before we get started, we want to please ask you to subscribe to the podcasts on any of the streaming services, including Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, and now Amazon Music as well. I think also Google Play at some point, probably. Uh, Make sure that you leave a quick five-star review, or a rating rather, and even a longer review if you're so inclined. We would really appreciate that. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3drinksinpod. You can like us on Facebook, and you can email us at 3drinksinpodcast at gmail.com. Last of all, don't forget to check out our merchandise over over there at tpublic.com. All right. So yeah, so now we're on the Amazon Music too. Uh, cool. Yeah. So I think that's everything. There's Google, there's Stitcher, there's a whole bunch of ones that I have. I think iHeartRadio. I we still have a feed with them. So like, you have no excuse, people. You just <laughs> you just don't. Get it together. So honest to God. But um, do do you have an early Weird Al memory? Like the first time you ever heard a weird, a weird Al song. Um, the first Weird Al song I ever heard was he did the parody of a Red Hot Chili Peppers song about the Flintstones. Oh yes, remember that one? I had forgotten. I was trying. I was racking my brain, going, "Okay, well, there was Jurassic Park, which was the parody of MacArthur Park, which was mercifully less long than MacArthur Park, but." Yes, N- you know, you, you couldn't be a worse song than MacArthur Park, so you know, you're kind of got a bit of a cushion there. But like, you know, "Eat It," I remember was really big, and um, Amish Paradise, I think, might have been the yeah, because it was so weird. It was a it was a really big song, <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, you know, all the, the, the all the other songs were kind of just kind of pop songs or rock songs. He hadn't done a rap song before. And that was that was a really heavy tune, <laughs> that song. Oh uh, yeah. Well, there was also a big snafu with him and Coolio. Yeah, oh, Coolio didn't like it. Coolio didn't. Coolio didn't like it. Apparently, he he always asks everybody permission. Can I cover your song? And the, the legend goes that Coolio said no, but his record label said yes. So he went ahead and did it. I mean, you don't need permission to do parodies. Um. But he always felt it was in good taste to ask first. And so, um, you know, we put it out. It was huge. It was a big hit for him. And Coolio was like, what the hell? You can't do that. And he was like, you guys said it was fine. Well, he's well, I didn't say it was fine. And so on. So they came around eventually. But um, he was not happy at first that, that that was such a big hit for him. Yeah, I can kind of understand the the desire not to have your song parodied. I don't know why I get it. Like, is I'm I'm also always confused about the le- legalities of the music business. Um, and I think because, like, okay, so you, you you don't have to get permission to cover a song, right? You can just play a cover of a song. No, you have to get permission to cover a song. <laughs> you do. Oh yes, you absolutely do. Okay. If you were going to monetize it, you have to get permission, right? And the same thing is true for sampling. I was like, because so, but sampling and covering are different. They're not the same thing legally, both also and then artistically as well. Yeah, yeah. Like hence Vanilla Ice with the whole thing with Queen. Yeah, for example. But parodies are considered to be um, like fair game. Like you can do a parody without permission. Why I can't, is that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I can't exactly remember. I did hear it once because um, this is why, like public figures and other movies that spoof you, you know, you can get away with those sorts of things and having paying the rights to all that stuff. Um, but I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have a good friend of mine that works in the uh, in the music business, and I've I should have asked him like, what you know, what exactly makes one thing okay here and the other thing. Not quite so okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we're all the richer for it, but... 
And thank God. But no, I I, I kind of get like why why you'd be kind of miffed. Like, and what's funny about it is that like he seems like such a good person, like such a nice guy. Oh, that right you yeah, that you sort of yeah. don't think of him as making fun of your song. His song exists on an entirely different level. Like it's it's almost got nothing to do with it in a way. It's not making fun of it. It's not debasing it. Even though like he's not only changing the lyrics to your song, but he's also, you know, in in, in many cases, was just copying the the music video shot for shot. You know, and so. But somehow I, I, I get that twinge of like, well, this is kind of insulting to the person that created this song. But no, it's got really nothing to do with it. No, I, I, I don't know. I never saw it that way, because uh, he's not changing the lyrics to attack anyone. I mean, half the time it's just changing it so that they're silly, like they're silly words that just sort of fit yeah. into the song that way. You know, and and that's always kind of been Weird Al's mo is that he makes goofy, uh, mostly just PG or PG thirteen silliness. You know, like so he went to Nirvana, you know, he went to Kurt Cobain and said, "I want to do a parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit," and they were like, yeah, "Well, what do you want to say about it?" Because that's a heavy song too. He goes, I want to- <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. He goes, "I want to make a joke about how I can't understand what you're saying." And they thought that was hysterical. They're like, "Yeah, all right." Like, he is hard to understand on that song. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. So all the lyrics are to the same tune, and it's just about how no one can understand Kurt Cobain. Yeah, that's fine. He's not like demeaning the message or of whatever Kurt Cobain is actually saying because I don't know either. But <laughs> you know. So, so that's kind of been the thing. So, uh, Coolio taking offense to that is just more of like a personal, like, well, that's you, pal. That's your own pride, you know. Yeah, you know, because I think ultimately, you know, as was referenced in this movie, everyone made money when this happened. Like, yes, that know, was a real thing. Yeah. People would go out and buy the originals afterwards. Yeah, the Yankovic bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall them uh, them them calling it that, but I I recall that being a thing that like you because know, you might hear a song for the first time as a weird as a Weird Al song, and I go, what is that based off of? Because it can't be a real song. Yeah, and what was always funny to me was that um, so, and they talk about it as a joke in the movie, but he always did two kinds of songs. He did the covers, like the the parody songs, but then he would do his own originals where he just made up lyrics on the fly or whatever but all the originals were based on a musical style of someone else so the lyrics weren't you know one for one or whatever but the the sound style would imitate some other band which i don't think most people know or appreciate i don't think i even knew that yeah yeah so like when you listen to some of these old songs and you're like wow these originals are actually really catchy yeah he's probably imitating someone from the 80s like uh you know the the greg what was it? Greg Hine band was a big one. Um, other early like Bush, other early '90s songs, you know, stuff like that. So you'd be like, "Why does this sound so good?" Oh, it's a band I've never heard of, and he's just imitating their style. And the lyrics are also happen to be kind of fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, what'd you think of the uh, the Weird Al Yankovic movie? I I thought it was pretty good. I, I think it was very on brand for Weird Al. <laughs> you know? And I think everybody is, it like takes something to admit that you actually enjoy listening to Weird Al music. Everybody always hits that age where they're like, it's not cool anymore, but you secretly still do it if you could. Like, I, I like this song. You know, like you're not going to tell everybody. It's not in heavy rotation on your uh, on your Spotify. No, it, it reminds me of what somebody, you know, once said about, you know, what's the golden age of science fiction? The answer is 16. It's like whatever you're into at a specific age, like that was the best it ever was. You know, like for me, like the best Dave Matthews band albums were the first four because those are the ones I listened to and the rest of them like, okay, these are not as good. And with, with, with Weird Al's, it's like, yeah, you liked it a lot when you were like 14, maybe 13 years old, when back when you could giggle at some of these things and it was still somewhat innocent and then after that it was like 
you would listen to it ironically or, you know, with some sense of nostalgia, but never like, I'm going to put on a Weird Al song and play right. that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rock out to Weird Al right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm not going to blast it going down the, you know, down the highway at 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, that's what he said in an interview once. Cause they asked him like, what do people always say is their favorite? Cause he's put out a lot. He goes, whatever the one they listen to at 13 is their favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they stopped coming to concerts, you know, yeah. which is true. So the, when I was 13, the one with Amish paradise was the big one. Yeah. You know, but he kept putting out albums after that. I mean, he did the boy bands phase. He, he did, the, you know, chameleon air. He did all that stuff. <laughs> But I was older at that point. I didn't really, I didn't listen to him at that point anymore. No, he has a massive catalog, but like, and it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving. Like, there's always going to be a new batch of 13-year-old boys who are going to think that this is funny. Right. You know, like, you're never going to run out of that. So just keep doing what you're doing, man, and it's 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 going to be a hit. I mean, it, it really did have... You know his his heyday in the in the you know the eighties and the and the nineties. It's certainly not as popular, but tastes have changed. I guess everyone's a lot more serious about things now. I don't know. That's too you know morose and backward looking, but like seems that way to me. Seems that way. Yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> I thought the I thought the movie was. It was on brand for him because it's a it's a parody of biopics for musicians where like you know he's growing up in a in a house where his parents don't want him to learn music and uh you know it'll rot your brain and he has to wait till he goes to college to rebel then he gets this big break and then he, you know he meets a girl and he goes into drugs and alcohol and, and everything is a out of control stereotype of that you know but then turned up to 11 well, uh, yeah, it not at first. Really? I mean, because it's silly at first, and they're they're playing with your expectations. You know, like he secretly has the accordion. Like, you know, he's in the garage or in his closet playing the accordion instead of a guitar or whatever it would be. And then, but then at some points later in the other second half of the movie, he's shooting Mexican gangsters and. and <laughs> You know, stuff like that. And like Matrix style Kung Fu in the diners. I was like, all right, well, this is, it's getting wackier as it goes. (laughs) You know, which is what a Weird Al song usually does. It starts off funny and then it gets so ridiculous that you can't help but just at least smile at it. Yeah. But I thought it was great. And it, it was funny. Um what's his name daniel radcliffe i thought was very good because he was very much in on the joke well yeah i think i think everybody knew what they were doing here like there wasn't there were, there were no illusions about what was going on in this movie uh, yeah yeah but like he doesn't even really play it straight half the time he's kind of just looking around like i know this is stupid <laughs> I mean, you know, my wig might fall off with the wind here. It's it's like whatever. It's barely a movie. <laughs> well, that's really what. Like, like, not only is he not playing it straight, but he's also badly lip syncing to the parts of the movie where he's supposed to be singing a song. Like, oh, it's yeah. they, they didn't <laughs> do the a whole weird Al. <laughs> well, which I I actually didn't mind at all because if I'm gonna have to listen to someone sing this song, I didn't want to have to listen to Daniel Radcliffe do it. But the fact that it was just like not too thoughtfully put together in terms of making sure that the lips and the sound were the same, like it was like let's just kind of get through this, <laughs> then we can all go on, go, you know, go have lunch or whatever. Yeah, it felt like it was made for you know ten bucks and took about a week and a half. So <laughs> yeah, which really kind of makes you wonder, like, did everyone do this for free? Like. I don't know. Because everybody was in this movie. I, yes. I'm pretty sure it that you like were a, in this movie. It felt like a Muppet movie with all the cameos. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know we were doing this. Like, oh, let's see if we can catch them all, you know? And and I find that fun. Yeah. Like, I think it's funny to look at the cameos and be like, oh, there's Jack Black. And uh, Jack Black. With there's the guy from, you know, the state. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy from the state. My, my wife was like, who is that guy? I go... 
I have no idea, but he's been in so many things. <laughs> I referenced the state, and she goes, the what? I'm like, this is a 90s, you know, like, I, you know, like sketch hasn't been show on, on MTV. 35 years. <laughs> came out just before the Strangers <laughs> with Candy. <laughs> you know, like that's how old yeah. the state is. Well, he's, been in, he's on Reno 911 now. But yeah, he I was will... in like Wet Hot American Summer, and you know, you know what he was in? He was in The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, was he like a waiter or something? He's the doctor. He's the doctor. Bruce I'm Wayne like... goes to the doctor and says, "Can I go cave diving?" He's like, "Uh, well, you've got all these things wrong with you, so no, I don't think you should go cave diving." Yeah, and when he's not playing these these goofy kind of like com- comedic characters, I'm like, he's always so out of place to me. Yeah, he just kind of like, stands out. Like, I was like you, you're just being you know a regular, like you're just being a regular doctor. What are you doing? Where's the joke? But yeah, he's always been in sketch comedy to me. So, and, like, what's funny is like I, I watched that thirty second scene of him talking to Bruce Wayne, and I'm like, yeah, there's something he's like, trying not to be funny, but like he yeah. can't he can't not do it. He's just a funny guy. Yeah. So he was in it, and the a few others, and even the people who weren't famous celebrity cameos were imitating celebrities like when they go to dr demento's barbecue (laughs) and every 80s icon is there yeah seriously you know but like none of those people were the real people half of them are dead but my wife was like who are you know she she knew some of them but she's like who are the rest of these people i'm like oh well grace jones is there and D- devo is there and divine is there and she's like i don't know who any of these people are divine was there that's right yeah. evan rachel wood playing madonna when's uh, yeah. the last time i saw evan rachel wood do anything and she's great actually I, 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 i've always liked her she she did a good job imitating Madonna. Oh yeah, she's hysterical. So so like um, Will Forte, that, Lin Will Manuel Forte. Miranda as the doctor in in the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah, once when I was clued in, I was like, oh, we might have other famous people in this. Yeah, because they didn't talk. Uh, they kept saying how Daniel Radcliffe was the famous one, but like beyond that, they didn't mention much of anybody. And Weird Al himself was in this. Yeah, he played the uh, the, he record, played the guy. record exact. Yeah. Yeah, record, I couldn't think, couldn't think of his name. Uh, yeah, Rain Wilson. I forgot too. As um, yes, that I knew. Yeah, yeah, because he actually looks a lot like Doctor Demento. Yeah, it was actually good casting on their yeah. part. But um, but, I, but I'm like scrolling. Yeah. Like, oh, Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien was there. Is Andy Warhol? Um, see what's at the bottom. Uh, was another funny one. Paul F. Tompkins was Gallagher in this, and he uh, just died recently too. Yes, he did just die. And uh, Michael McKean apparently was in this. Oh, Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt. Yeah, Michael yeah. McKean was the stage promoter at the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was is quite quite packed. I I read an article in the Times um, where. Uh, uh, Lin, Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda referenced uh, Weird Al as like a big influence on him growing up, which hmm. I actually believe. I don't see why he would lie about that. No, but like <laughs> that's not a name you just drop. But like you can kind of see that, like he's you know Weird, Weird Al is a very clever guy, and Lin Manuel Miranda is a very clever guy, and when I put that stuff together, is you know it definitely makes sense. Like you know, I kind of go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If there's anything you learn about Weird Al that might actually be true, is that Weird Al is very, very smart. <laughs> yeah. He's a, and so is Lynn Manuel Miranda. They're very, very smart. I mean, it takes a lot to be able to play the accordion, let alone play it well, and then let alone make a career out of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whenever so, I hear him speak, too, you know, it's... Like that's the thing I've noticed about people. Like you know, hearing so many podcasts over the years with certain famous actors, I can kind of tell who's not stupid by how few pauses they take when they speak. Which I've read is actually like a hallmark of somebody who's quite bright. Is you if you can put together all of your thoughts quickly in your head as you're speaking, so that you don't kind of pause and scratch your head and um or, or and it's not like a guaranteed thing but i'm always amazed when somebody can you know comes across like that and he's one rick moranis was the other one 
Yes, Rick Moranis. Very smart. Yeah, he's like these are bright people, and you know they've you know either had careers or you know in the case of, of Rick Moranis, just had lives <laughs> that didn't revolve around Hollywood. You know, even though he was pretty famous in the in the nineties. Um, but yeah, you know, you 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 can't make a career out of what Weird Al does for forty years if you're stupid. No, well, <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda has a similar work ethic to Weird Al. So, like, they were asking Weird Al like a hundred times, like, well, you know, how do you come up with these lyrics? And it was like painstakingly. It takes hours upon hours upon hours to to write these lyrics and make them funny, because you could, I mean, you could put anything in the in the songs, like a Mad Libs. And it's it's goofy at once when you hear it, but he's like, but to make a story or a song out of it, and then like, well, maybe this one might be funnier than that one. You know, he, he had like a hundred drafts of every song. And he would constantly go back and forth about which one should be better than this one. So like it's a lot of work. It doesn't look like it. And that's what the that's where the magic comes from. You know, it looks easy. And everybody's, oh, I could do a weird L parody. Trust me, you can't. <laughs> and it's silly to think you can try, but he's he's just that talented that he can make it look like anybody could do it. But there's a reason he's the only one we ever talk about that does this sort of thing. Yeah, I can't think of a single other human being that's not only made a career, career out of it, but ever did it with any you know measure of success at all. Right. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, beyond like little kid birthday parties or something. Yeah, like, you know, something that my kids listen to, like the wheels on the bus set to something else. I don't know. Yeah. I like, I did see a guy today, interesting, interestingly enough, on TikTok who, I, I, I'll find his name later, but like, he would spin a wheel and he would, he would give you a nursery rhyme and then it'd be like in the style of Hamilton. <laughs> and he did a really interesting like itsy bitsy spider as done by you know if, if if that was hamilton and it was very very good i'll find his name in a minute i might link it in in the in the show notes but um it's not easy <laughs> like nothing about it is remotely easy it's hard no it's tough um so i i really enjoyed it i, I thought it was funny um I think it was basically the movie version of an Al, a Weird Al song, and um, it was nice that it was on the Roku channel. So even though I had a commercials, like you know, because it was still kind of short. Yeah, which was fine, but it was like, oh, this is nice. Um, what what a nice evening in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to laugh and joke with Mr. Yankovic. You know, yeah. it's, it's an easy Wednesday, as they say. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I liked it. I I think it's helped by the fact that Weird Al comes out in the front of the film and goes, "Hey, this is the totally true story of my life." And I'm thinking to myself, "Hmm, I bet you he's exaggerating that." And um, because like I don't know, I, I sort of like when you see the trailer, like, I didn't quite pay too much attention to it. I'm like, I guess they're not taking it too seriously. How could they? <laughs> you know, like there's no way to. Take him seriously. There's no way to put him up and put somebody else in costume and like make him look like him. So I'm like, I guess it's probably going to be funny and stupid and silly. I didn't know how crazy it was going to be until you're you're into it. You're like, oh, so it's bananas. Okay, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. We're we're doing that. Really, I, I knew right away once like, she finds his Hawaiian shirt. Like he's hiding it like it's a porno magazine. And she's like <laughs> I disappointed. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these. Like, okay. <laughs> By the way, that's the same mom from Blonde. The same woman uh, that played the mom in Blonde. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of the actress's she's, name, though. She's she's fine. She's, she's good. good. Yeah, she was good. Um, But yeah, no, I, uh, I liked it a lot. I think everybody in it was really good. I think... Daniel Radcliffe, I really enjoy watching him do things. It's funny, like I, I don't know of another kid actor, you know, who's had his kind of career. You know, like I'm trying to figure it out. Like you know, he made the transition so seamlessly from like, you know, hello, Ari, to, you know playing you know the most intense stuff like i saw him 
do Equus on Broadway. And then he did a bunch of other, like, How to Succeed in Business. And then made a bunch of, like, you know, angsty, you know, 20-something romance comedy type things that weren't great, but they weren't bad. Like, nothing seems to sort of stop him. Like, there's nothing that, you know, he makes with that seems to ruin his career. So he has he has ups, he has downs, but he tends to be, like, people still hire him because he's, you know, pretty talented and I think fun to work with and not an idiot. And uh, uh, yeah, and he's actually quite good, you know, like he can take well, a joke. I think, that, be... I think that helps that he's pretty good. Yeah. You know, like his, his acting. I mean, he started in Harry Potter when he was, what, 10? So now that he's in his 30s, he, he's still uh, doing, you know, interesting things, but actually doing them well. So you're like, what a difference between watching him and like Macaulay Culkin or something. Yeah. It was a, a cute kid did a few movies but you're always just looking at him like yeah he's still kind of just doing the same thing he always does because maybe he's not that good of an actor who knows but daniel radcliffe does a good job with all these things so you don't mind not seeing him the usual way like oh he's not harry potter in this and that's fine because he's doing something different (laughs) i actually think that you know of the three child stars to come out of those movies the other two were better in Harry Potter than he was. Like, he was not good. I mean, he was little, so I'm not going to give him a hard time. But as he got older, like, there isn't much of a character there. So there wasn't much for him to do. And so. Yeah, I think the other ones had better characters to begin with. He always just sort of stands around looking upset. <laughs> yeah, and confused, or, you know. It's, it's like he didn't, you know, and so he just doesn't come off great there. But the other two haven't. I mean, the guy played Ron. You know, if he's if if he's working now, it's it's on something that you know is not widely seen. And Emma Watson, you know, she did you know Beauty Beauty and the Beast, which was which was supposed to be terrible. I saw her in Little Women, which I didn't. I liked that movie. I didn't like her in that movie. She was kind of a nothing burger in it. It was like okay, yeah. And there's that British girl doing a really bad American accent. Um, oh yeah. Mm. So, yeah, but like, you know, he's had, you know, he's grown as an actor so much since Harry Potter. It's been kind of nice to go, oh, yeah, no, he's actually quite good. Um, But the movie itself, I thought, you know, it was, it it sort of loses my interest a little bit. Like, in the second it does, something insane happens. You know, like, okay, this is kind of getting a little, oh, my God, they just kidnapped her. Jesus Christ. And then you're in the middle of the Colombian jungle at Pablo Escobar's birthday party. You know, it's just like, I, I think you're, you know, the whole, like, it's the movie version of, of, a, of a Weird Al song is pretty much on the money because, yeah, like, you know, his songs always kind of began the same way. Like, it would start off as kind of, silly and but okay you could you know you would you you knew what you were listening to and you could follow it along and then like it just got goofier and goofier and then it came back to normal again like at, like towards the end of the song it would kind of wind down and you'd get to the end of this of the tune and that, and that would be that um and the same thing was true here too i think that was the weirdest thing for me was like the character of his dad is completely different by the end of the movie and there's no reason for it Oh yeah, like he's, he's an absolute guy. psychopath in the first twenty minutes of the movie, and by the end, he's like, "Oh, son, what are you doing here? This isn't the life for you." I went, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh. and like he it, secretly had his own lyrics written, and he was, you know, oh, I was Amish at the time, and it's like, okay, sure, yeah, it's like the kind of thing where, like, you know. If you do that by accident, it just it ruins your movie. Like you know, we've seen enough bad films where it's like, oh, gee, a character is behaving in an entirely different way than they were before, just so they could do this with the plot. That's terrible. But like they do it here deliberately, and it's hysterical. Yeah, here it's supposed to be that way. Um, yeah, I I think it it started to lose me when he started going out with Madonna because. It was hitting all the familiar, you know, biopic things where they they start doing drugs and, you know, being badly influenced by some outside force and all this stuff. But the the jokes stopped coming as fast and the wackiness started increasing. 
you know, so like they would go to Pablo Escobar's and she was trying to manipulate him at dinner time and this and that. And I was like, this stopped being as funny. Yeah. You know, like it stopped being as funny and started being weird. And some people like that, but for such a long, for such a movie version of something like, like a three and a half minute song, like, well, this verse is weird. But for a movie version, you're like, all right, 25 minutes just went by. And I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) So it didn't pick up again until he like dumped her. And then he got got back together with the band and the band was like, oh, hey, you know, like the band guys were just so chill about everything. And like his career started picking up and I was like, oh, okay, okay, it's funny again. But it did sort of sag in the middle where I was like, yeah, whatever. Because you know what they were doing anyway. It's parodying a thousand different movies that's exactly the same plot so yeah but um yeah no i thought it was good it was certainly you know it there's no other way to make a movie about like like what you know there the 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 one of the guys on on youtube that i that i started watching a while back uh patrick h willems does a um a whole video on um on the the musical biopic and it's actually quite long but it's good it's basically like an like a mini documentary about how they're all terrible cuz they're all the same and there doesn't seem to be a way to make a musical biopic that doesn't follow the exact same pattern and even if you move some of the pieces around and you you know you you push up the the collapse of the person's career and you put like flash flash forwards of that at at the beginning and then you kind of circle back to show you how we, how we, you know how we got here it all kind of seems to hit the same beats and i haven't seen too many of them cuz they're generally not good that sort of not worth bothering with but that seems to be pretty apt i would feel but like you just this is what you have to do. It has to, you know, start off with it has a nobody and get discovered and rise to fame and gets to your head and, you know, that thing. And it's either done well or done poorly, but it's always done the same. You know? Yeah. Was it, and I mentioned it before, but they did a parody of this sort of thing with um, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Yeah. Walk it, hard. It was called Walk Hard. And it was it was basically this movie only not as wacky like it still took itself seriously but they would do the wink and nods like oh you know before dewey does one last show he's got to think about his entire life story and then like the flashback starts you know (laughs) like they would still talk about the the beats that they knew they had to hit um and some try to do different things i saw bits of rocket man about elton john and parts of that were like kind of like surreal because he was supposed to be on drugs singing about weirdo things so there were the style was a little bit different and stuff like that but i mean i also think about when we watch the steve jobs movies (laughs) the movies and you watch the one where it was like he had the three conversations in the back yeah right before but I watched the one that was like a, a regular biopic yeah, and, and it followed the exact same formula of a guy who's at the bottom, learns to get to the top. He ends up being humbled, yada, yada. So to me, it was like, this is not how people's lives really go. You know, it, it's not so clear cut, but to make it look exciting, like a three act structure, then you have to make it more dramatic or fudge some details, or you could just do something entirely different and, your version wasn't much better. Well, I that's a good example of like one person who got this, you know, the same whose whose personage goes through the same ringer and but like very different ways. Um I like the Steve Jobs movie. Um really mostly because I mean, I just like Aaron Sorkin a bit. I mean, as as much as some of his dialogue gets tired, um, I do like, you know, when 
when right when you know if done interestingly the writer becoming a presence in a screenplay like this is just going to sound like a david mamet movie or an aaron sorkin movie or a william shakespeare movie like if that if the if the author is is sort of a character in it then you know that can be interesting and i you know as somebody that likes the sound of their own voice it's fun when you can you know say things in an interesting way and sorkin can can do that and so i but i i did appreciate the structure where it was just like we're talking about three specific incidents of a person's life that exemplify parts of their personality and their history that are interesting and it's not linear or if it is it's it's not you know strung together as your film was um and it was i i would i would imagine gun to my head like that's you know the one i watched was way better than the one that that you watched and it was considered to be you know, oh, my yeah. one, much, much, much better. Um, but I think that's usually the best way to tell stories about people is not to do so in in that sort of you know linear fashion. But you you think of the of the, of the movie Lincoln, where okay, if you want to make a movie about Abraham Lincoln, what is it that you do? You know, if if you're stupid, you just kind of tell the story from birth to death, and it's just kind of like, well, we all know this story, even if we're, you know, even if we're not students of history, we just know it. But what they did in that movie was they took a particular thing, the passage of the Thirteenth Amendment, and all the stuff that went into getting that done showed you who Lincoln was. And so it's you're not really telling the story of Abraham Lincoln; you're telling the story of how Abraham Lincoln did this one thing. And in well, that I mean, process, you learn about who he is and how he, and how he functioned. Well, that's what happens. You're not learning about Abraham Lincoln his entire life. So all these other movies are trying to show you the entire journey. And if you're going to do that and you want to make it interesting, they sort of have to follow these traditional dramatic story beats. Which is why whenever you have someone who's like a writer or director or something and they get their friend who's like, you should do a story about me. And they always turn around and go, no, God, no. I, I would never do a story about you. Oh, how come? Because you're boring. Most people are boring. Yeah. This is the reason we don't make stories about ourselves half the time. We're all boring. <laughs> you know. And even if you have some horrible trauma that happened in your life, it doesn't make you interesting either. When my parents died in a car crash, did you turn into Batman? Oh, well, then, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Did you become Batman. Ah. And so Weird Al's, and I mean, the joke about Weird Al is that he is extremely boring as a person in real life because he's so smart and he's so normal. And the amazing thing is that, yes, he turned a career of playing poker music into, into like an industry, but he didn't have to go through hell to do it or anything. So how do you make a story like that you don't yeah you just, just make it just make it jokey you know you know like showing somebody writing is not is not a thing you can do interestingly <laughs> yeah like watching him you know be valedictorian with a accordion on his neck it's like okay that's odd but it's not exactly movie material and like when i first saw the trailer for this film and like it wasn't too too much on the parody side it was it was jokey looking but you weren't quite sure i was like oh there's no way any of that's real like they're gonna do like a joke thing and i was right yeah because <laughs> you know? it's the only way you could be done at least with this topic so it was good a, 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 did you have a favorite part yeah my favorite part is in the when he gets the phone call in the restaurant and they're like <laughs> look there's this guy named Michael Jackson who just put out a song and they're going to think that you copied him and he gets like all upset. <laughs> He's like, no, I did it first. Yeah, I, I thought that might have actually been the strangest thing about this movie was that like this weird pretense that he starts to put on you know, where he's like, well, that's it. I'm only going to do, or, you know, because they're making fun of him for being a parody artist. He's like, I'm only going to do original songs from now on. And, yeah, he pretends, I guess, that he wrote yeah. Beat It. You know? he wrote, like, yeah, he did Eat It. And then the, the, the other song came first. <laughs> you know, 
because that that whole idea of like i want to be a serious artist thing is like that is just absolutely what happens it's so true yeah somebody gets it in their head that they're not being taken seriously enough and and it hurts them and then it's like out of his control that he can't convince people that he was first which it's just so absurd <laughs> like, to watch him like slam the phone into the desk <laughs> yeah it, it was very funny i thought yeah and it, and i thought the actual weird al was good because he says to him like you know you stink you're terrible you recorded this in a bus station bathroom and i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, hire you i forgot about the bus station <laughs> yeah <laughs> And he, and he looks at him and he goes, what do you think I'm going to give you? A 14 record deal? He goes, you are? He goes, of course not. That'd be ridiculous. But the real weird Al in real life did have a 14 record deal that he only just finished doing a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was hard for me. To, like, I kind of wish I knew more about weird Al's life. I guess I know uh, more than I imagined that I actually <laughs> I was going to say, you actually have a fountain of knowledge compared to me. And I swear, I only read like one or two interviews in Rolling Stone with him, but but they were so interesting <laughs> that they really stick with you, you know? <laughs> I mean, 14 albums? That's ridiculous. But he, he, he put them out, and most of them were pretty successful. So Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I mean, it's quite, quite a bit of foresight on the part of that... Um, that 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 record label to go, you know, this guy can just keep doing this, you know, just grind it out, monkey. Like, well, yeah, one more one more parody after the other. How many uh, parody song playing accordion players are there? We got to lock this down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah. I'm curious now, like, how, what his discography looks like. Well, most of his big hits were in the '80s. Um, yeah. And he had a small resurgence again in the 90s. But he kept putting out songs. And I think he was big with the singles at that point. You know, he did a big American Pie cover where he talked about Star Wars, Episode One. It was like an eight-minute song of that. That was a big song. Oh, okay. Um, his, his, white, his chameleon air song, White and Dirty, is a parody of Ride and Dirty. Oh, right. Yeah, White and Dirty. And and that was all over YouTube when I was in college. Like that was everywhere. And it is it is a very funny parody. Um, but like nobody ran out to buy the album at that point. They were just you could just hear it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I would so, you know like his his last album came out in uh, in 2014, hmm. and uh, and he won a Grammy <laughs> only three years ago. Yeah, I remember that. That's right. Yeah. Well, his thing now is because they said to him, you know, hey, you finished your enormous 14 record deal. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep making more song parodies? Because that's what you've been doing for 30 years. And he said, not really. I don't think so. Because people can do this on their own. Like, I can't keep up with it at the pace that the the industry goes. You know, there's, there's a lot of churn. Spotify keeps songs in and out of rotation. There's people all over town with a guitar and YouTube videos and they can do it on their own. They're just as funny half the time. He's like, so I really don't feel the need to go out there and prove myself and try to compete with these people. Cause you know, the song parody comes along. I'll write one, but he's like, I don't have to put out an entire album, yeah. which is an extremely mature way of looking, at it. <laughs> <laughs> which I would have expected nothing less from Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. But, That's funny. Uh, yeah, did you have a favorite part of the mil- the movie? Uh, I think the, the <laughs> I think when he gets taken, like, like I like it, like, like I like that the like the rise to fame happened re- like very easily. It's kind of like in Seinfeld when they you know when when they kind of decided at some point like it was okay if good things happened to Jerry. That was sort of funny, like you know, like things never really went badly for him as a main character, and it was sort of the anti of what you normally got in one of those movies where like, you know, your main character is always kind of, you know, a bit downtrodden or he gets, you know, crapped on a lot. And that's what, and that that's where the humor comes from. But in Seinfeld, they were like, no, let's just do the opposite and it'll be funny still. And they were right. It was. Um, mm-hmm. And with him, it was just sort of, 
you know, everyone's really into polka, and he ends up at like this house. It's a polka oh, yeah. party. <laughs> That's right. And I'm like, <laughs> it's forgot. a what? I'm like, why? Like, he just it, it's kind of a slow build. Like, he's at like you know, it looks like a you know, like a a boy girl party in the 70s, and you know, music over here, and like, wait, wait, what are they talking about? Like, you can kind of like. He's talking about, I just need to hear that Minnesota sound, you know? And I'm like, wait, wait, what? And then I realized, oh, my God, they're all into it. And then they like, he's, they get him to play the accordion, and he just blows the doors off the place. Yeah, and, and like that's some of them it. are dressed in, like, lederhosen and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, was, but it was like the slow, the slowness of that joke where, you know, like, it was the only slow joke that happened after that. It was just kind of, everything was kind of nuts. But um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that picture. Right yeah, it's good. This is a, I can't be here. This is a poker party. But and like, but they they did that a lot. Like he goes to Doctor Demento's and he like, everyone's like making fun of him because like, oh, a song parody, huh? Why don't you do a song about uh, another one bites the dust? And he like does it right there. Yeah, and this like blows everyone away. <laughs> yeah, that's so stupid. Do you want to go perform at, at Live Aid? No. No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Live Aid. So, but yeah, so, no, this was, it was good. It was, you know, if you, if you're in the mood not to take anything too seriously. You well, know. yeah, I think you should know what you're getting when you turn on a Weird Al anything. Yeah. You know. But like, I, I don't know, I kind of wouldn't put it past people to make of like a serious Weird Al movie. Like it wouldn't, like, I'm sure someone said, hey, we should do this because I bet you he's like a real tortured guy or he had a weird past or something like that. And maybe he did. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't travel. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it's really boring if you do that. And it's much better if you just kind of, you know, and also have him in the front to introduce the film and go, hi, this is all silly. Uh, yeah, I, I think that really helps. Because yes. um, it shows that he's in on it too. Like it was practically his idea. I'm sure he co-wrote the movie. Do, yeah, like why don't we just do it like this? Because I'm not very interesting as a as a tortured soul, or you know, my whole career is ridiculous to think about. So why not just have fun with it? I mean, I mean, I, I, one more tidbit, I suppose. I mean, I think he's been touring with the same group of guys in his band for like the last forty years or something. <laughs> Yeah, like he, he he hasn't even had any like falling outs with anybody. Yeah, so, I'm looking over here. It's you know John Bermuda Schwartz. Get it? Um, womp womp. <laughs> the same guy on uh, guitar and mandolin since like one guy since 1980, one guy since 83, 83. Like the the oldest guy in the band is uh, came around in 91. <laughs> I was in middle school. That's, that's that's when this guy joined the Weird Al band. Was I was in middle school for Christ's sakes? Yeah. You know, it was one former guy. He you know was with the band for like seven years and then left. Hmm. And that's it. It's the same guys. And uh, yeah, so I mean, good for them. Yeah. So I, I wish them all the luck because you know. Even if they never put out another album again, it, it, it's it's lame to sit there and be like, I like Weird Al, but you know, it, there's a lot that there's a lot to like. It's not like a guilty pleasure kind of thing. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, and it's mostly nostalgia, like you know, like, like we said, and that's and that's okay. Good clean fun. Good clean fun. So. All right. Well, if you guys out there have any memories of Weird Al that you want to share with us in terms of your, you know, favorite hits and what have you, you can let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Three Drinks in Pod. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at Gmail dot com. Don't forget to check out the merchandise store over there at T Public. Go over to Apple, Spotify, or Amazon Music and hit subscribe. Leave ratings and reviews. I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, that's all. All right. As always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. Your butt is wide. Well, mine is too. Just watch your mouth, or I'll sit on you. The 
Give me plenty space. If I tell you that I'm hungry, then won't you feel? 